Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You are listening to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. Let's get faster. Welcome to Mr. Apex iRacing Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Spanners Ready. As you'll see on my driver ID in iRacing, that's right. Got my branding all over all over iRacing now. So I can say, look at me, and people can go, oh, what does Spanners mean? And I can say, oh, it's nicknamed from my podcast and stuff. Isn't it, isn't it cool? And they yell, nerd. Uh, but another nerd who uses a online nickname type thing is scott tuffy you'll know him as stuffy with seven y's hello stuffy evening how's it going it's all right it's going all right my, my eye racing took a little bit of a, a tank a little bit of a dive uh towards the end of last week but nothing compared to the dive in your eye racing activity yeah yeah um obviously for anyone who doesn't know unfortunately i, I caught covid and yeah. um, so licking yeah, licking that, handrails that's your problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that horrible thing that's been uh that's played around with the world first time the last first times first one yeah well first time that i know of mm. um unfortunately yeah caught it a little bit bad to put me not me for six um and yeah I, I did try and attempt to race um i got lured into a false sense of security i felt really good on the saturday yeah friend of mine convinced me to do the 10 hours of suzuka Oh, that's and, a rough one to jump into first. Yeah, he he did really well um, after a couple of hours, and then I jumped in the car <laughs> and I binned it after four laps. I think oh, it was. No. Was that because of you felt ill? Do you, do you think? Just I'm going to say it's because I was ill. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's I'm a good excuse. Say it's I, was Ill. <laughs> I, I just I just balls it up really. Um, well, I guess you which didn't, was really good about. Didn't get your normal prep and practice. Did you just jump in? I, I did a couple of, I did like an hour the night before where I was feeling a bit rough, but I thought, you know what, I feel better than I was a few days before. Um, and I didn't want to let my mate down either. Um, but <laughs> oh, I, just, you did. I just let him down. I just let him down in a different way. <laughs> yeah. You let him down in a different way. I, so I think we've, a lot of us have gone through that kind of COVID thing where we're at home and normally it's like, well, if you're at home with no work, the rig's just there and it's quite frustrating <laughs> to go. Like you, you think about doing it and then your body just goes, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I have had to work from home. And so I have obviously, I'm not um, that luxury on space. So I do have to dismantle my rig. Do you? Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, it's only in two parts because I've got a wheel stand and kind of like an add on. So um, what, what have you got? Have you got a race chair and then a wheel stand? I have no. So I've got the classic wheel stand, the Omega one. 
and then they've got like a, an add-on like cockpit which goes which kind of slides in at the back so yeah i've just got kind of i haven't even got a race chair i've just diy'd my uh my oh. normal gaming chair and plonked it on there with a few screws oh, but it's good. um it's removed that temptation so i've been i've been a good boy i've been doing work uni work and stuff um but it's been an, in fairness it's nice to have a little break every now and then as well ah so it's good to know that someone can be as um as, as capable as you with what you would actually call like it's a it's a pretty not quite entry level stand and setup but it's you know it's um you know, it's one up from desk clamp, really, isn't it? That Omega stand. I've just Googled it and it's just, you know, something that your pedals can attach to. So at least that's firm and it's relatively stiff on the steering. Um, it is. Um, what I have come to notice, which a lot of people do like to point out to me um, mm. and take the fun out of me uh, <laughs> when I'm streaming uh, or recording is that it wobbles about quite a bit. So there's yeah. not that extra stability of two poles or a rig but kind of holds the bars in place um there's too much force where i upgraded to the v2.5 um it's club just sport. yeah the club sport one there's just too much force that goes through the wheelbase so i'm is that I'm roughly essence, equivalent to the tspc no it's a step up from is that. it a step up so, so it's above the csl oh is it csl yeah it's the one above that so uh, but because it's too much force um the thing wobbles about a bit so in essence around. i'm losing a bit of the false feedback and the f- I'm not getting the whole shebang, shall we say, uh, of that wheelbase. So where so- I was, yeah, where I was feeling that in the play seat, which probably I'm sure has more flex than, than that is it's almost like if, if you do a quick turn or a quick movement, a lot of that initial force is actually taken up by compressing your stand <laughs> to the maximum. And then you've got the, so you've kind of, it's almost like having play at the beginning of the, of the movement. Yeah, it's more of when you're obviously you're fighting the wheel when you're start yeah. trying to save the back end or something. That's where I'm losing a little bit of extra feel. So yeah, the the next um, upgrade for me will be a, a more of a, a solid rig that I can uh, get the full benefit of my gear. Well, yeah, and you're already quick. And uh, when I went to the the eighty twenty aluminium rig, I gained uh, like one point two seconds just like that overnight. But I, I'm not as good as you, so there was um, it, it gave me more tools. But I think even for you know good people like you, you'll probably see a, a big jump. Yeah, because you're going to get the full benefit of the equipment, and as we know, yeah. as we've discussed plenty of times before, the equipment does make uh, a big difference. So if you can extrapolate all of, all that it has to offer, yeah. then um, yeah, all, all the better. But you'd would you recommend that? I'm looking that up now. The uh, the Amiga wheel stand. Would you recommend mm-hmm. that to, to somebody who's who's got a, a desk clamp set up as a as a nice step up? One hundred percent. Yeah. And then you've got the nice little added bonus of uh the add on as well of like a cockpit. Mm. Um so if you want to get plus they also provide seats, so I haven't got one of their seats. Um mainly because my missus was put her foot down and said, You're not having <laughs> two chairs in this household. Oh, oh, One's wow. enough. You're only allowed one chair in your whole household. <laughs> Well, wait wait until you're an old dad and you've got your potting shed and you can spend seven years turning it gradually into a studio and uh, and and racing lab. Uh, we've got a question to start off with, actually. Uh, let's start off with this question from EJ. He said, I remember stuff he once said. Uh, he only drove with the car's rear view mirrors for immersion purposes. I've done the same since, and I believe I've gotten better situational awareness. Does Stuffy find the same? Is he talking about getting rid of the big mirror 
at the top? Did you you don't use the big kind of reverse camera? Yes. Um, Ooh, that so would scare I, me. I only use that in very rare circumstances. So I never use it in F3 or open wheel cars because I love the immersion. Um, and I feel like the cockpit mirrors, there's enough going on about me, obviously with my headset as well, like the, the surround sounds. You, you've you've got enough. Mm. I feel like you've got enough going on around you without needing the, the virtual mirror yeah. in open cockpit cars. But when it comes to GT3 cars... It depends on what rear view mirror they've got because they've got cameras. So the Lamborghini is an example has a real yes. big, nice rear view camera. Whereas the Ferrari has this poxy little box that you can't see out of. Um, so all you've got is the side mirrors, which are difficult to see out of at best of time. So yeah, it kind of depends on the car. Um, but open wheelers, 100%, I'll turn it off. Ah, okay. Am I gonna? What am I gonna lose? Because I've just had that on as default from day one. In fact, for the longest time, I didn't have the rear view mirrors turned on because they were a big uh, graphics sap. Whereas now yeah. I've got my system can handle that. I'm, I'm scared to turn it off. I don't trust those mirrors. It make looking in the mirrors. It feels like everyone's going to lunge you all the time, every single corner. They're right there on top of you. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um... As we know of F3, sometimes it's not who's in front of you, it's it's who's, who's behind. behind you that you have yeah. to worry about. Um, but they seem too close, is my problem. They seem uh, too no, close. so the virtual the virtual mirror is actually quite good for that. Um, it's not like the, the other cars, as, as I said, with the rear view camera, sometimes they could be closer than they actually are mm. or appear closer than they actually are. And the virtual mirror, it's actually proper same depth of, uh, of how far behind you okay. they are. But... Just so, try it. So I did it mainly for immersion purposes. And okay, so that you, so it looks like you're using the real mirrors that you would really have yeah. in a car. Ooh, okay, I'm going to give that a go. So if I wipe anyone out in our little swarm practice tonight, it's because of it's because stuff you made me turn off my big virtual mirror, <laughs> and, and that that could, I guess, be counted as me using an assist to use that big virtual mirror. That's the big one. At the assist. Top. Yeah, it's it's definitely an assist. <sighs> um, obviously, there's another. There's you've got the the good old racing line, which I would <laughs> yeah, always recommend. There. No, but that, that racing line, I'd always recommend anyone who's a new driver to to turn off uh, when racing because you actually learn more about yourself and become a better driver quicker when mm. you don't rely on that on that line. But um, yeah, some, some assists are, are beneficial, like the VR, like the mirror. Mm. Um, some of them, maybe not so much. But I I would actually like it. Okay, so I guess the conversation in here is the scale of of assists you're always going to need some things that that compensate for 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 it not being real life so for example you could argue that getting better kit counts as an assist in some way because you're getting more information and more feedback but we can scale that it's certainly not black and white this is an assist or this isn't um so it's a path i want to go down because i want to talk about irffb as well Mm -hmm. which is a third party program with racing line would you, if I do a vote, a referendum on Racing Line is only available in open, uh, in testing, in testing mode, and never for any kind of race or hosted session? Yeah, I mean, that's when you first, first start out, if you've never been on a track before, hmm. it's good to maybe learn the track after a couple of laps. But even then, I would say once you know your way round the track, you know which way the corners go, turn it off. Um, because that's the only way that you get better. Start out slow and then slowly build up your speed. 
to be honest, the the best assist, which I'm always banging on about for me in iRacing, as you said, uh, just to make sure we get that enjoyment, because that's ultimately what we're sim yeah. racing for, is auto clutch. Ah, that is, yeah. I am a big advocate for it. I'm going to get it put on a t-shirt one day because <laughs> Use as much as, yeah, yeah, because too many people spin their wheels up. Not enough people have double clutch paddles either on their wheels. Yeah. And even then at the best of times, people don't put enough practice in and they just take out half the field before <laughs> the race has even started. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I'm all about just look, get off the line. It's, it's quick enough. Anyway, it's not like you're considerably slower and then um, you're, got an opportunity to have a nice race. I remember a big miscommunication. <laughs> and it was, it was, uh, oh, it was Mark. Sorry, I wasn't going to, I always try to not name people, but then the name pops in my head and then I can't think of anything else. It was, uh, it was Mark who said, who, we were talking about these, these things and he goes through a procedure with a clutch and everything. I'm like, oh, that's way too much hassle. I don't do that. So he's like, oh, what do you do? Well, I just, I, you know, I, I sit there on the grid and then when it goes red, I pull first gear, nothing else. And then, and then I just, press the, the the throttle and go and maybe it's not the fastest but it works and it's simple so he goes and tries it and i see him he's on the, he's in front of me in the grid there's a huge crash in front it's caused by him i look on the replay i want what happened to you at the start he says, well i put it in first gear the whole thing jumped forward i jumped the start and then someone hit me so we'd miscommunicated to me it was obvious <laughs> that you use like a an automatic clutch because i just not really thought about it in the sim it became and, you know, I guess it is quite a big assist from a sim point of view. I've never used the clutch. Should I be? It is 100% quicker. Like, you can't deny that. If you get it right, yeah. you do jump off the line and get a good start. But for me personally, the the advantage that you gain off the start from that auto clutch, uh, sorry, from the manual clutch just isn't worth it. And even then I see guys obviously racing top split. I see guys who are 5k, 6k, and they still don't get the manual clutch start right every single time. Yeah. And for me, it's just, it's just not worth that risk because in the day on average an F3 race is what half an hour. So what's the point of, potentially ruining your race right from the get-go when you've got half-hour racing ahead of you. Yeah, and unless you're right at the front, I mean, if you're like 10th, where I seem to qualify, 10th to 15th in the carbon fibre zone, that's my, <laughs> that's what I can do. Really, all I want is everyone to get away at the same distance and then roll through turns one and two and then start racing, avoid the people who've spun. Uh, but we're not talking about auto clutch in the single seaters just for normal gear changes. Like, it, it's always just going to be an automatic clutch for that, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, mm. it's, I'm talking about auto starts. clutch yeah. starts. Yeah. I'm not talking about um, manual shifting or automatic shifting. Um, you should always shift in um, in iRacing. Uh, I think I don't think there's any wheels, even beginner wheels or entry-level wheels like the G29 or Thrustmasters that don't come with uh, flappy paddles anyway. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there, there's essentials like the manual shifting um and turning the racing line off like there that's what you should be doing from the get-go that's part and parcel of racing that's uh yeah that's what we're there for but there's other things as you said like the or as i said the auto clutch which uh does help dramatically yeah i so i can stick with that without i i like you though i want the immersion and i want like the i want the moral high ground to mock people who use assists that i think 
you shouldn't use, <laughs> but then I want the freedom to use the assistance that I use without being mocked. So that's the balance that I'm striving for here. <laughs> uh, one place we've had a big argument in our in our patron Slack group is over the use of IRFFB, which is a, a third party app that that gives you extra sensation, extra feeling. Uh, I say an argument in our Slack group. It, it was just me saying it is an assist, and actually, I didn't I didn't like it because it felt unnatural around the seat of the pants stuff, which we'll go into. Everybody else said to me, it's not an assist. What do you think? I agree with everyone else. I don't. Right, this is over. (laughs) So I don't. uh, So follow Stuffy. uh... (laughs) No, go on. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't say it's an assist. I would say it's an enhancement of the experience. So one of, without going into too much depth, and I must admit, I'm not as knowledgeable as some other people um, in regards to false feedback. But... One of iRacing's biggest criticisms is has always been their false feedback. Um, yeah, tell me why. How, tell me why. I heard this. Someone said go on R Factor and it's much better. Yeah, it's just a general. Um, what's the right word? When you're on the edge, say on the edge of a cliff, um, it's very with iRacing. The the limit of being on the tires is very much like it just disappears. You just spin. Oh, Whereas I see. Yeah. There's cert- so basically, there's certain situations where you should be able to save the car and control the car. Um, whereas with iRacing, compared to other sims as R-Factor 2, yeah. it's not... It's, it's t- partly to do with the tyre model and false feedback. It's, it's a combination of the two. As I said, I'm not that knowledgeable yeah. on it. I you know, can't my, know the my, basics. My question would be, is that a deliberate choice or is it actually iRacing trying to be too realistic with the tyres? So we were all thinking of the Formula Renault 2.0 as just this thing where the back end goes wild and we just kept losing the back end. And we ran it for our comp- for our competitions. We had to run like freezing conditions and then give these setups that were really understeery just to stop the back end going. And uh, And then we spoke to someone who'd driven those cars in real life was also feeling that same effect. But it was like, well, in real life, you would drive that car and you would say, this has got incredible grip. But you would never get anywhere near as a non-racing driver to the point where you're actually going to lose that rear end because you just wouldn't push it hard enough. But in the sim, you jump in and you go, woohoo, and start throwing the wheel around and get really close to that grip. So I'm wondering if it's like a a choice or is it something they've got wrong? Um, Maybe a combination of the two. Um, obviously, they wait, set wait. out their stall. Yeah, they said well, they set out their stall to to do tire models their own way. That obviously they want to be kind of different to to everyone else. As I said, I I don't know how they gather their data. Um, obviously, it's kind of real world data that they gather from mm. from people, almost like when they do third party scans of, of tracks and stuff. Um, and then yeah, it's just. It's always been a big criticism of theirs, as I said, the false feedback. And, and sorry, going on to IRFFB, yeah. the reason why I said it's an enhancement. So the reason why Seto Corsa and R-Factor 2 has such a great feedback or false feedback in the community or widely regarded in the community is because of their output. So there's a free, they output 360 hertz into your will, whereas iRacing is only 60 so that's oh. 300 difference. As I said, these are just, this is just terminology. 
I don't know. No, so it's, it's like it's, I guess it, it's, resol- but, it's resolution. So you're getting that information. You're getting more information quicker, I guess, and it's yes. updating quicker. That's quite a big so, difference. So what that does, that makes your false feedbacks a lot, lot smoother. Now, mm. obviously, iRacing is still iRacing's false feedback, and it's all all the IIFFB is doing is changing it into 360 hertz when it goes into your steering wheel. Obviously, there's mm. a little bit of a latency, a little bit of a delay effect because of that, because the program's doing all the data changing and outputting it quicker for, for you to, to feel. But it's so, so much better. Once mm. you use IRFFB for a few a few weeks or even a week and then go back to normal iRacing, you feel how clunky the actual steering is. Um, and that's why I think it's an enhancement because you feel more and the steering is is smoother than it is because you've got more data going into your steering wheel mm. and through your hands than you have if you're just using iRacing. So is it worth, directly. is it worth, I don't know, how does, how does uh, R-Factor work? Is it a game you buy once or is it a? Yeah, it's just a game you buy oh, once okay. on Steam. It's always oh, like I think I've got it on offer. Steam. I think I've got it on Steam. Is it worth downloading that just to see what my wheel feels like? In our I factor. think so. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. I mean, a bit like iRacing, you can spend a lot of money buying extras like tracks sure. and cars. But just stand, they've got obviously the standard cars. I think they've got a couple of like a standard GTE car, whatever that you can jump into, and you'll be able to feel the difference straight away. Um, it's a shame that it doesn't really kind of have the same support, online support that iRacing has in regards to like the structure and so forth, because I, it would be great competitively to racing. Um, okay. Some of the pro events are on there, but yeah, for as an experience to just sit back and and drive, All drive right. different. Well, tracks. I've got it. I have it, so I don't even have to buy it. I obviously bought oh, it at some point. I think I bought that Anaceta Corsa when I was trying out all the sims, mm-hmm. and then i racing the 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 multiplayer and everything. Just straight away, I went, "All oh, right, yeah, no, this is the one." And also, it had a bit of a celebrity celebrity factor too. But I will give this a go. <laughs> um, so. I I, I, gather, I I see what you're saying there about it's going to another app, so there's your latency, and it has to come back to you. But the stream of information is is more packed, therefore there's more resolution um, into it, more detail. But it's the seat of the pants feature on there mm-hmm. is the one that made me turn it off actually, and it's it's sort of to help you catch a slide. Yeah, and I. To me, that felt so unnatural. Basically, as the back, as it detects the back end starting to to go, and it's better at detecting the back end starting to go than you are in your brain. So, at that point, it then puts extra force into the wheel, so you can feel a much more kind of urgent. Oh no, something's happening! It's like a like a, a spike of resistance that is not linear. It's not as the game intended. This is why why my argument that it's an assist came from because if it detected that you are sliding and then went beep beep or slide or something <laughs> to tell you to then to then correct but you know this is a a tactile spike and I, and i don't know to me that feels like a like a warning assist yeah um i think it's actually the opposite i think it makes the steering go lighter um as you start to lose the back end i think that's that's the difference is that you you notice the steering go lighter so that you're then able to lift off the throttle to to save the back end or adjust your steering. But it's, uh, yeah, I get where you're coming from. I mean, I, I can't comment uh, about driving a real life car, real life race car. Brad, yeah. Brad Philpott's probably better, yeah. much better. Oh, yeah, he's much better than you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, he's much better suited to mm. obviously comment on it. Yeah, but if, so in real when you life, lose the rear ends, yeah. the car starts to feel lighter. There's certain feelings. It's all about as driving in real life, as we all know, you drive through your bum. You you drive through the G forces. You said you, your car. You've done karting. You drive through what you're feeling through your whole body. Yeah, and obviously in sim racing, we're trying. IRFFB is that seat of the pants effect. It's just trying to give some some more feeling for you to detect when you are mm. losing that rear end for the only thing that you can get response on or feel um, in the sim, which is through your hands. Um, so it might not necessarily be as true to life, uh, as true an effect as it is in real life, but it's... Yes, it is an assist, but I still think it's an enhancement. Yeah, he turned around in the end, everyone. He said it is an, insi- it's, it's an assist seat and the, an enhancement. See of the pants yes. is an assist. So me me personally, I don't use the understeer um, effect that IRFFB provides. Some people do. I don't. I know I know when I'm understeering. Is that different to the... <laughs> um, to is that different to the, to the seat of the pants? That's a different... Yes, story. so seat of the pants is the rear of the car whereas under obviously understeer yeah, yeah. is understeer um what does it do what does the the understeer one do same effect makes it, it even makes lighter yeah it just makes oh, the right. steering lighter so that you know to lift off the throttle or touch the brakes so yeah because just cars understeering but i don't need that. I, that that's my personal choice and so someone said well if you've got a, a stiffer wheel a heavier wheel than me so that's an assist and i was like well no, it's the inputs the game's giving you, giving you. And yes, you've got more resolution with a heavier wheel. So at some point in that, if you push it too far, it'll go. But I think that's very different to... Yes, that's, that makes it easier for sure. But I feel like that's very different to a specific spike to tell you a specific point of where you are in the slide. I think like no one would argue if instead of a peak of, of strength, if instead it, it made a beep or it... Uh, made the wheel shake <laughs> instead i think we would go oh you know that's definitely an assist yeah um as i said i totally get where you're coming from i haven't i need to go back to r factor 2 myself to, to try out if they have something similar um i i'm sure people listening will be able to tell us straight away if they do or not uh, but that's it's trying to put stuff in that i racing's false feedback is missing basically mm. oh, okay. what to try and enhance the experience. And even if you're not a fan of the seat of the pants effect, just for the smoothness of the the feedback that you receive, especially through the wheel base that you've got, it will um Okay. It, it'll just you won't ever want to go back. Alright. I I'm gonna do the R Factor thing and then I would I will give I, I can use the IR FB but without the, the seat of the pants assist and without the understeer yeah. assist. They're totally optional. Okay, yeah. see how I've, I've I've doubled down. I'm calling them the assists. So maybe not the whole thing, but it has elements that, that might be considered assists. Let the arguments continue. Um, <laughs> I, I, I start the show off by saying I took a bit of a, a dip in my racing this week, and that's because, well, I haven't found another series to get my teeth into. Oh, I'm going to get my eye rating up to, say, 4,000 is my next aim. 3,000 at the moment, 3,100, I think. Wow. Get in, baby. It's enough to be in the oh, top no. splits, but I'm vulnerable. So a few bad races in a radical, and I will, you know, I'll be back down into split two and stuff. So at the moment, I'm not doing it. But we were at Zandvoort for the F3, and I'm off pace. Guys, that's frustrating. I mean, I'm off pace anyway. I'm not like good. But for example, at Suzuka and Spa this season, 
I was able to to fight for top fives, top sixes during the day in the top split, which is nice. And then you get to the evening ones and I, I could sit there and really compete for a good kind of top seven, top eight. You know what I mean? I felt like I still I had the pace to fight, even if it didn't go well. Get to the tracks like Donington and Zambort, the the non-Grand Prix tracks, and I'm and I'm always off pace at those tracks, and it's been bugging me. And it, it could it be because I just don't know those tracks as well as I do the other ones from game. I mean, I've been you've been driving Suzuka and Spa on games for forever, so it's it's no no bother. But I think what it comes down to is, like Zambort, every corner is potentially going to throw you off. There's no runoff. It's all grass and gravel or a wall. So I think on those tracks, a lot of people just go for it like normal and just accept the risk. They just go for it maximum pace and then they'll eventually crash. Whereas people like me, I'm like, I, I, I want to finish a race. Like you said, it's a half hour race. I don't want to waste my time. It's an hour total. I, I want to race. I want to survive. So I end up just coming off the full push. So maybe I'm only at 95% which kills my pace, but actually, my eye rating's fantastic. I think I did like four races at Zambor, and I think I gained eye rating in all of them, because everybody's like going at full pace, much faster than me, they crash out, and then I do-do-do-do-do, and I poodle along and get a good finish. But I don't know, but it, there was no joy in it, no joy in doing that, so I ended up just going, and I haven't, I haven't touched it since Wednesday. Yeah, everything you said, totally agree. The reason why you have to take your foot off the gas a little bit is because there is no room for error. Yeah. Brands Hatch is another one yep. as well. And what you see actually is you'll see more. I see more crashes, not due to people being um, taking more risks and keeping their foot down and running out of track. I see it because people are probably too cautious and mm. you've got the people who are confident and they just, run into the back of them or just yeah spin up because they're trying to avoid the people who are taking things extra cautious brands hatch up to druids first lap is just always absolute carnage you start from the back of the grid every <laughs> single time around there yeah is druids just, the hairpin to the, the right hand yeah, yeah so right. after the right hander yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's just because people are either too too cop they're very confident on the brakes um and they, and then you've got people in front who are just obviously too risk averse and they take <laughs> it extra cautious. And unfortunately, there's then that Constantina effect. Uh, but yeah, also as well, that I find you don't have as good will to will racing no. around there. No. As you said, it's good for the eye rating, it's good for the safety rating. But how many races within a week can you properly say that you have good? good racing and that's because the field gets very gets uh, obviously thinned, thinned out, out yeah. very quickly yeah and obviously people are taking it cautious around there and you're not pushing as hard as you can yeah so that's interesting so i, I tend to you know i'm not like cautious cautious but i find my safe pace where i go right i'm gonna lap i'm gonna compete around here uh yeah whereas when there's places like spa and suzuka and um, actually sabring's the next one for this week mm-hmm. you know you go okay a, a little off might cost me not time it might not be the fastest way to go but it's not going to cost me the race so I'm, I'm more than happy to really push and get into it and get into a rhythm couldn't get into a rhythm around zambor at all because there's death <laughs> you know there's death around every potentially around every corner yeah exactly that and especially that last corner zambor it's um yeah it's a quick it's a quick one but the outside edge it it catches you if you go on it it just sucks your car in like yeah. glue or like a train track and then you 
you end up in the gravel and nine times out of 10, you end up in the barrier and your race is over and done with. So as I said, it's a bit, those tracks, it's a very fine line between you try, as you said, you find your comfortable pace and then you, you obviously the racer in us wants to go faster. Mm. And as soon as we try and go that extra bit quicker, it's so easy for you just to yeah. in it and, and make a mistake and your race is over. And I wonder if it's, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be going into old man mode, but like as a, as a dad, as a freelancer, you kind of you guard your time a little bit more jealously, and you're like, Do you know, what? I got through qualifying, I've got through practice, I've put my pace in, I'm, I'm eight laps in, I'm not binning it now, and so you're a bit more cautious. And I wonder if you know, there's a lot of win or bin kids on there. The kids these days with their win or bin. But anyway, I'm looking forward to Sabring. It's not a track that I've generally gotten on with, but it is a track you can push. There's only a few corners of death. Probably turn one likes to suck you into that right hand wall. Yeah, it's a. Um... It, it, it's a difficult one, Sebring. It doesn't suit every cars at all. You don't think? In real life, they wouldn't go around there. It's too bumpy. Um, yeah. And you do feel it in, in the F3 car as well, in, in iRacing. You have to stay away from the curbs um, because, obviously, they're considerably raised. Uh, G, GT cars, you can glide over them, but not in the F3 cars, so be careful, guys. Is there a stuffy F3 Sebring guide? Um, I'm... One? I'm planning on doing one. I would like to to put one out at the start of this week, uh, but unfortunately, I'm very busy with with personal things. Um, so I'll hopefully try and get one out a little bit later on this week. Um, if not, definitely the week uh, after. But you need it now for our swarm cup. All right, <laughs> give me some general uh, give me some general survival tips around Sabring. So um, st- stay off the curbs, all the curbs. Stay stay off all the curbs, apart from the hairpin because it's flat, um, which is. I can't remember what it's called. It's very, it's like second sector. Hairpin? Oh, the really tight one at the end of the straight? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, you can get on the curb there. There's a couple of, that's why I should do a track guide, really. Yeah. As I said, <laughs> it's very, it's very bumpy and there's a few areas on the track that you need to be careful of if memory serves me right. Uh, just with bumps in the mm. middle of the track. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the first sector is you're going round kind of the long left hand just before the straight there's like a i can't i think it's right in the middle there's a big bump that can really throw the car off as i say it's just really bumpy just run a couple of laps find out where those bumps are try to avoid them and yeah and just Mm. you you have to avoid them because although maybe going it's not on the racing line that does in an essence become the racing line take avoiding that bump like monaco in an essence it's, it's quicker to avoid that little bump than it is to go over Oh, it. good. So I've, I've driven myself mad, I think, around that corner before because I think I'm taking what's a good line and then all of a sudden it's it's unsettled and that'll be like a little bump or something. Yeah, yeah. and Sebring is is known for it. So And the, the, the last turn or turns is super interesting as well because you come down the long back straight and then, and then apologies for anyone who doesn't know Sebring, but... You end up kind of, it's almost like a hairpin, but it goes on forever and you end up kind of going at full throttle almost two thirds of the way around a really long hairpin and then you get on the brakes, but the car is not in any kind of mood at all to be put on the brakes and then the the point at which you're meant to accelerate is magic and I, just, I don't think I've ever been comfortable at the end of that lap. Yeah, I, I think it, I can't remember the name of the corner. I, I don't like it. <laughs> never have done in any corner and it's very bumpy as well around there if you try and keep it too tight to the wall 
there's a big massive bump on the inside yes yes so you think it's actually the racing line but it's not and that i've experienced that where it throws your car completely off um so be careful with that one guys but it's um yeah it's it's a difficult one but you can really those two corners the last corner and the first corner you really can just throw it in there it is once once you get into a bit of a rhythm it's it's really enjoyable and just little tip guys anyone who's listening always uh adjust your brake bias because uh, it could be too far forward and you could lock up. I'm finding that on every track, because we're, we're doing the fixed series at the moment. I'm finding every track that I racing set their set one, the brake bias is too forward by default, nearly every single one. Yeah, I think it's 55 standard, which is just too far forward. Yeah, so some uh, of them we've been cranking them right back. But uh, basically, unless you're just stepping on the brakes for, for every corner, like it doesn't allow for any trail braking at all. No, I, th- I think you actually only really have the you should only have the brake bias that far forward in very hard braking zones, like at the end of a very long high speed mm. straight, i.e. Monza. Monza, Monza is pr- the one that comes to my mind. Even then, I don't think you have the brake okay, bias good. that far forward. Um, so yeah, al- always bring it back a touch. It of course it depends on on the track that you're at. Cool. So um, we're not going mad having done that because you think well they've no. said it at that for a reason. But they haven't. I guess they've just gone. I guess they've just left it. <laughs> I don't know. They've just yeah. Gone, oh. I, even then, I, I don't know why. Because it's the fix setups generally have been very good this season. Yeah, I don't bad. know who. I don't know who iRacing has done them. Um, mm. Rumours were that they got someone from VRS to do them. Um, nice. Julian Dunn. He's a very quick pro sim racing driver. I think he put them together. So they've been very good this season. Uh, but of course, the brake bias is the one thing that you can tamper with in fixed series, and that's uh, yeah, you yeah. definitely always want to bring that back. So, I also use the fixed one in the open series because I, whatever, I don't want to relearn a new setup. And actually, they've been fine. They've been fine, reasonably competitive. And I, I think the people who are able to 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 get an advantage out of the the, the opener setups and random ones or cheat setups, if you like, were going to beat me anyway. So I think it's only a problem if you're at the top end. Uh, Spa was the only funny one. There seemed to be some really funny setups there where, like, you know, I'd, I'd start off in someone's toe and then they, like, launch. <laughs> and then suddenly by the end of the straight, how how did you get further away? There's, like, a reverse toe. Yeah, Spa's, Spa is known for... Uh, it seems like I personally... I still don't know it. Um, it's a good thing I probably miss Spa. Spa week, um, but yeah, I think there's something to do with a low rake, negative rake. Um, yeah, you can, mm. you still get the same cornering a bit. Um, you don't lose any cornering ability, but you gain top mm. speed. And of course, Spa, you're on full throttle for a lot of the track, uh, a lot of the lap. So, uh, yeah, Spa's always a difficult one. If I would like you, if I'd uh, if I was fit to race, I would have uh, probably just stuck to the fixed series that week. Yeah, that's the only one. That's the only one where it's really been a, a disadvantage. The, the rest of the time, actually, I've been finding with the fixed setup, uh, there's people like dying left, right and centre in the first few laps while their tyres warm up because people are going... For... I think what happens is people experiment with these setups and they look at their lap 10 time and they go, whoa, after 10 laps, I'm like topping the practice session. You go, yeah, that's no good because you're all over the place in the first three laps. Whereas the iRacing ones are generally, you know, one or two laps and you and you you're golden. Yeah, exactly. I've I've really enjoyed the fixed the fixed setups and then the, the whole as the thing going back to like the assists and stuff. To be honest, 
it doesn't matter what assist you use. If you have fun, you... No, no, no. <laughs> I, I know, I know, Spanners. But generally speaking, we're, we're here to, to have good racing, to enjoy ourselves. And if you want to have every single assist on and you get good, you have good racing, then no. so be it. Only the assists, I'm not going to judge you, but Spanners will. Yeah, only the assists <laughs> I use are acceptable. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, that, that's that's the way we see it, isn't it? Especially with video games. Anyone who's uh, worse than you is a noob, and anyone who's better than you has no life and, and probably plays every day and doesn't do anything else. <laughs> uh, okay, good. So there's no track guide from you uh, this week, but there is a lot of good content on your channel. How many Ys do you have in your username? Two Ys. So stuffy with two Ys. Yeah, it's E E double Y. It's mm. basically my first initial and last name. But someone already had Stuffy with one Y. I still don't know who that individual is. Ask Ask iRacing to put Stuffy in your in your iRacing driver name. Do I'm it. They did it for to, me and yes. for Catman as well. So give him a give him a give him a hit up and let's get let's get Stuffy on the driver sheet. All right, cool. And uh, you don't do Twitter, do you? You don't. Um, I do stuffy as well. But why aren't yeah. Why aren't we connected? Why aren't we friends on there? It's a diss. I don't know stuffy I, on Twitter. I don't. I, I just follow people on Twitter. I'm not a tweeter. Oh look at oh look I at keep... you there. I see. Yes, it's a very inactive and lazy page. Don't bother. Don't bother following him on <laughs> on uh, on Twitter. You can follow the show here at iRacing Podcast or me at Spanners Ready. Until we see you next time, work hard, be kind, have fun. Don't use the racing line. Get faster. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.